hey, welcome to the Edge broadcast. Well, thank you for having me on, brother. How you doing this evening? Man, if I was any better, I'd be illegal. That must be pretty great. I got kicked off YouTube. Does that count? Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> so. I'm going to be honest with you, brother. Uh, I probably would have been on here a lot sooner. Uh, about the time you wrote me when you sent me the email, I, I seen the email. Mm-hmm. And about the same time, a gentleman wrote me on Facebook, sent me a private message. And, and for whatever reason, I, I thought it was you. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do your show. And, uh, and I was, thought to myself later maybe i need to go back and read that email realized it was two different gentlemen and then i got in touch with you all right well i'm certainly glad you did and it looks to me we're talking about cryptids tonight uh, in your uh, your uh, youtube channel nightmare nuggets of cryptid terror but elijah it looks like you've got some kind of monster right there next beside you that's my good werewolf friend murray i bought him at lowe's <laughs> wow they come they come through for you hey let me do something real quick and um uh, I know that uh, your father recently passed away. Yes, sir, he did, and, about uh, September 10th. And you lost your mother as well. How's, how's that it is? I got just a little video. Well, so I'm going to just run this. It's just a real quick, quick snippet. I'm going to run it, and then uh, if you'd be so kind as to say how that uh, you and your father uh, got this going. Would that be all right? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. All right, it's just a small clip. And then there was your your father there, and that uh, of course came from your your uh, YouTube channel. So how did you all how did y'all get started into into the cryptid uh, search? Well, I'll be honest with you, brother. That that's kind of a long question, uh, but I I guess I'll start at the beginning. My my dad Johnny Henderson he grew up in East Tennessee in a little town called Dayton, Tennessee. When he was growing up there, you know, it was just a lot of woods. It was a very small town. Still is a very small town, but it's it's gotten a little bit of progress there. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the town, it's where the famous Scopes monkey trial took place, and it was basically where uh, the starting point of evolution being taught in the schools, and, you know, they they had a court trial about that, very famous court trial. But uh, he grew up there, and there's lots of stories of uh, wild men and supernatural things from that area, and he would always be told uh, of our family history involving encounters with things of that nature my family always told him that uh like in the early 60s they had some sort of a sasquatch creature on their farm it would follow them home at night you know they'd be walking home uh during the night along a dirt road the trees would overhang the road so it was very mm-hmm. dark and they'd hear it following them and they'd see up on the mountain hillside little dirt clods rolling down the hill they could hear it walking mm-hmm. following them if they'd start running, it'd run. If they stopped, it'd stop. When they'd walk, it would walk. And they'd run back home, and it'd be pursuing them the whole way. They'd get back home, shut the door, and they didn't have traditional locks on their door. So they'd push their their oven, their stove, up against the door to try to keep this thing out. And they could see it, whatever it was would grab the door and shake it back and forth. didn't seem like it knew how to operate the doorknob, but it uh, it still tried to get in. This continued, and eventually 
the family one night was sitting down, uh, they're listening to Loretta Lynn records, and they start hearing this gruff breathing outside, and they look toward the window, and something was looking in, looking in at them, had red glowing eyes, kind of had a monkeyish looking face, and a wide nose like an old man, and uh, is, is kind of breathing raspy, or kind of lightly growling, one of the two, but uh, from what I've heard, I, I think this window was about eight feet off the ground thereabouts. And, you know, th this was in the mountains, so they did the southern thing. They took a twenty two rifle outside, and they were going to shoot this, whatever it was. Got outside, nothing there. So, uh, zoom on a little further down the line, and my uh, family's farm, they were having hogs disappear on the farm. And, you know, at that time, that, that was a person's livelihood. It was their food. They could trade with it. Uh, had a lot of uses. But uh, they thought some thieving neighbor was coming along and stealing their hogs off their property. So a couple of the family members did a stakeout, and they're going to watch and see who was who was coming on their property. Well, they sat down and watched, and uh, they didn't expect this to happen, but they said it looked like a gorilla loped out of the woods, stepped into the hog fence, grabbed it by its front legs, its back legs, slung it over its shoulders like that, stepped back over the fence, and just walked off into the woods. And... Uh, one of my uncles uh, who was there, he said, I, I wouldn't have shot it for anything. It would have just made it mad, and it would have came and killed us all. And he was known for being a very gruff, mean individual, so he, he wasn't one to be afraid of things. And uh, the, those were the kind of stories that were shared to my, my daddy as he grew up. You know, he, he loved monsters. He loved werewolves uh, as he was a child. So he was always fascinated with stories of that nature. And... We really started getting involved when uh, we used to go camping at this park called Montgomery Bell State Park. Went went there a whole lot in the early 2000s. And we were set up at, in our camp one night when the ranger came around to the campgrounds. And he was inviting people to come watch a documentary they had called The Legend of Werewolf Springs. Werewolf Springs is a, a nickname to an area on the backside of the park called Hall Springs. And the documentary detailed that, as the town lore goes, in the late 1860s, or uh, late 1800s, a circus train was coming through along the railroad on the back side of the park for the Cornhog Circus. They made it to an area called the McNair Cut uh, of uh, the railroad, and for whatever reason, the train derailed. Now, uh, there were stories of, around the Civil War times that the Union would sabotage the railroads in the South and whatnot to disrupt supplies. Mm -hmm. Don't know if that could have been why it supposedly disrailed. But anyway, uh, train overturned, and the animals that they were carrying in their boxcars, they escaped. The boxcars burst open, mm -hmm. and uh, they escaped. Took them a few days to recapture everything, and they recaught everything except a male and female creature that was on their manifest, listed as either a wild man or a wolf man of Borneo, and they weren't able to recapture these creatures. So, you know, they went about their business, but following that time period, there kept being descriptions of a werewolf being seen in the area, and that's how the area got its name, Werewolf Springs. Wow. A farmhand and a landowner was coming through the area. Uh, I, I assume it was around that Mc, McNair Cut area. I may be wrong. But they were calling something in their wagon with them, and I think it may have been a glass door. But they seen the werewolf off in the woods, and they tried to hurry up their horses, get away from it. 
and it started chasing them. They sped up a little bit more, and the werewolf was obviously faster than them. It caught up to them and started climbing up into the back of their wagon with them, and they decided that they were going to go in separate directions and see if one of them could survive that encounter. The landowner, farmhand, they split up. One goes left, one goes right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the landowner runs and dives and hides behind this tree falling on the ground. But he hears that he's got his farmhand because he's being torn apart and killed. And you know, after that, there was a failed attempt to hunt and kill the creature, which eventually led to a big game hunter coming to the area. Spent two nights in uh, Werewolf Springs, Hall Springs area, and... Didn't have anything happen. Everything was fine. But on the third night, he was looking out the window, and he seen something in the distance in the woods that looked like the creature. So he shot at it, and it angered this thing. And it came, attacked the cabin, and it broke the door down, started coming in the cabin after him. Well, this man, he started climbing up into the rafters away from this thing, and he was able to stand up there and shoot at it while it was trying to claw and swipe at him. But he only had, you know, a limited amount of bullets. He's shooting at it, and he's mentally allocating one, so if he had to shoot and kill himself. Well, this was at a certain point in the night where the sun was starting to rise. And the sun started to rise, and uh, the wolf man, werewolf, seen it was starting to get light outside, so it ran off into the woods. And to this day, uh, occasionally I get emails about people seeing bipedal wolfman creatures in the area or I'll hear a story about something like that in the area. Mm -hmm. Now how we come into play was after we watched that documentary we, a couple of months later, went and looked for this area and found it is an area called Hall Springs and at that time we didn't know of anything like a dog man or anything of that nature. We just thought it was a bit misidentified Bigfoot. My cousin had actually seen a Bigfoot crossing the road uh, sometime before this and uh uh, that that was interesting to my dad. She's seen it crossing the road. It had a dead deer slung over its shoulder. Uh, she was going to school late at night. But anyway, we <laughs> anyway. found the <laughs> uh, we found the spot where this was at, and we how, how Werewolf Springs is situated. It's one trail goes way off into the woods. You got to when you pull into the area, there's a cemetery on your left hand side. I think it's called Hall Springs Cemetery. And then that one trail, that trail keeps going, and it splits off. To the left, it goes to a little lean-to, and where the actual springs are situated, you know, bubbles up from an underground cavern. And the other path uh, keeps going off into the woods. We went, uh, kept going straight down the path, and before we hit that fork in the road, we seen an area off to the left It looked like the grass had been pressed down. So, you know, we decided we'd jump off the path there. Went a little further, and there's a branch about shoulder height. It was twisted off and broken um, rather than being snapped. Mm -hmm. uh, tw twisting is a Bigfoot trade, I'm sure you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And decided to go a little bit further, and we found another anomaly. On the ground was a ring, half ring of turkey feathers sitting on the ground, and it kind of had to look like something had killed something and just squat on the ground and was just plucking it down and laying it down around itself. But the real impressive event came when a few minutes later, uh, some of the ladies that was with us, they had to answer the call to nature. It was me, my sister, mom and dad, cousin, 
and my grandmother. And about that time, the wind started picking up. The, the weather started getting a little bit rougher. And the train came through on the railroad tracks that was fairly close by. And about that time, it started blowing its whistle. And man, I tell you, when it did, something howled in reply. It sounded like it was howling in pain at the sound of that whistle. It sounded like an 800-pound wolf. And I, I kid you not, it would rattle and shake in your chest. It, it literally vibrated right through you. And it is absolutely terrifying. I was about five years old at the time. And it, it was just about traumatizing to me. I'd hardly come back in that area without my dad after this happened. I still have a distinct memory of my cousin running out of the bushes right when this thing started howling. <laughs> and, you know, we started making our way out of there. When we went into the area, there was a couple of ladies jogging in, and they had a little, one of those baby carriers where you could, like, strap it on, onto your chest. Mm -hmm. Well, they were running back out, and that baby's head, it looked like they were about to break its neck. They were running so fast, it, was, it looked like a bobblehead just bouncing all over the place. And, you know, after that point, my dad, you know, really started getting invested into the stuff. And we joined into an organization that worked over in East Tennessee, over around Standing Stone Tate Park. It's called uh, Chattahoochee Bigfoot Research Organization. If anybody out there is familiar with Miss Mary Green, she worked a lot with that organization. And we were able to meet up with her. And that's really how things got started. A little... Years later down the line, you know, uh, we had formed an organization and uh, was working with a friend named uh, Nathan Davis on an organization, and uh, that's really how Cryptid Studies Institute was born. Didn't do a whole lot with it for a while, and then eventually, a few years ago, we set up a YouTube page and started actually doing videos for it. A few years before that, we set up a, a couple of pages on Facebook but mm -hmm. as of, I think, as either 2019 or 2020, we really buckled down and started working on it mm -hmm. and started posting documentaries to our channel, started going to the sites of where cryptid encounters were said to have taken place, filming it, researching it, interviewing people, and things just kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I saw a, a comment in, in the live chat uh, about covid could I ask you a couple real quick questions about your father and COVID? Absolutely. Anything you want, my friend. Okay. Um, did he get the shot? He did not get the shot. He was, uh, when he was in the hospital, He we caught it late August. It was a little after my birthday. My birthday is August 13th. Mm -hmm. And we had been going to the gym a lot, which I suspect maybe where we caught it. Mm -hmm. We had been in talks with the Travel Channel to do a documentary about the Beast of LBL up there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we didn't want, want to look fat and pudgy, so we were going to the gym. Didn't want to look like that on TV. Of course. And we just kind of started feeling a little bit worse. I'd be using the machine, and I, I was just feeling real dizzy. And it just kind of went downhill from there. And uh, we were feeling okay for, for a time, you know. And then uh, one night I noticed that... Uh, his breathing is is in September. His his he wasn't acting right. He's acting a lot different, acting a lot more gruff than usual. So I sat up in the room next next to where he was sleeping, just making sure he didn't stop breathing during the night. About three four in the morning, he came and woke me up and said, "Son, I need to go to the hospital. I can't breathe." So drove him to the emergency room. Uh, 
did they did did, did they did did they give him rendisivir? They did give him that. And did they which, put? Uh, I I think that could have been responsible for a lot because they put him on a breathing tube, a ventilator. At a certain point, he started taking that remdesivir, yeah. and they they had high hopes for him. They said he was doing really good, but it was just kind of a gradual slope down. Okay. And he was sitting up, doing his thing. I think he was on the computer, and he threw a blood clot, and he started uh, going in. I think they said he started going into seizures, and he stopped breathing, or his heart yeah. stopped. And they asked him, are you okay? And he kind of said, I'm fine. And they put him on a ventilator, and that's about it. A few more days out of that. But I do want to let everybody know that the last words that he was ever talking about, the nurse told me, he was talking about the Beast of LBL. He was telling that nurse all about the Beast of LBL. Mm -hmm. He said, when I get out of here, I'm going to catch that dang dog, man. (laughs) Well, it's just interesting. LBL, for those who don't know, is laying between the lakes. And Elijah, the the reason that I wanted you on the show is because we were at Land Between the Lakes. I didn't go there for uh, cryptid hunting. I went there just for some R&R and check out some of the pristine forest in between those two lakes and uh, various things. And we were walking around Lake Hermitite, and we heard this ungodly howl. And then, because I've been in the forest looking for Bigfoot before, um... I mean, I was startled because I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. <clears throat> I don't know why. I should have been thinking about it because in, in LBL, it looks like there's going to be all kinds of Bigfoot. But anyway, so I got a video here. Let me play this for you to, to see. I uh, went ahead and did the uh, the uh, tree knock, and I was looking to see if I guess a, a tree knock back. I actually did some howls, too, and I didn't get a response. But I did get a response when I did a tree knock, but I didn't get tree knock back. I'll show you the video here in just a second. Let me uh, z- uh, jump out of the uh a video and then uh, and then we'll I'll put that on so this is uh should be me um did you happen to get the howl recorded as well no I'm not gonna say I wasn't I wasn't ready for it so then I, I got my house recorded but but I there was no return but so so listen to this Here. Uh, that was a rock throw. I didn't get I didn't get a knock. I got a rock throw. And it was right at me. It hit the side of the tree, and I couldn't I couldn't tell where it came from. So, uh, but I heard I got cued on that because I heard the howl. Um, and you mentioned uh, rocks, and I didn't see any rock stacks. Uh, but then we started looking for twisted tree limbs and and stuff like that. But so I had rock thrown at me, uh, and it's interesting. I'm going to ask you this question. How is it that they throw these rocks, but most of the time they don't hit a target? Well, you know, I've I've heard that uh, they throw warning shots, so to speak. They'll throw it near you, not necessarily at you, but you may be in their area. They don't want you around them. Mm -hmm. You may be too close to them. They, they, They could have a juvenile close by, and they just want you far away. Now, sometimes they do throw them and hit people, but uh, I, we've had them thrown at us before. And mm-hmm. Actually, my dad was in uh, Indian Mound, Tennessee, and he heard something coming through the woods, and he looked up, and he seen a big skull-sized rock kind of coming right at him, and uh, it hit the ground and bounced into the leaves. He wasn't able to find the actual rock, mm-hmm. but I, 
best as I can remember from what he described, it seems like he said it it was coming right at him. Mm-hmm. And in another area, we had a rock thrown pretty close at us into a pond. So I, I honestly think it's probably warning shots. You know, get out of my area. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is my territory. Mm-hmm. I don't want you here. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, juvenile, I was at uh, Yellowstone, and uh, we were going past some mud pits. Again, I wasn't looking for... I, I don't. It seemed like Bigfoot's hunting me, man, because I. And again, I was enjoying the sights. It's tremendous there, but uh, I saw this right here in the mud pit, and I can only describe this as a juvenile Sasquatch, and that was the the right foot. So I started looking around, and then I found this picture, or I saw this picture. Uh, there's human prints with shoes next to the, uh, I believe, it's the uh, left footprint of a juvenile sasquatch and it appears to me i bet the rangers were there investigating that that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking you can never tell i mean that they do seem to keep on top of stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i'll give you a final little segment here on that when i was at glacier i went up to the the last ranger station uh, before you get into canada at glacier national park went to the ranger station and they had this cast sitting there on the bench and i was thinking now, now, Elijah, one of these doesn't fit. Uh, in the, one of these does not fit in the woods. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how is it a ranger station has that cast in the middle, of course, uh, of a Bigfoot? Now, were they keeping it there like as a novelty, like uh, maybe it was real, but they're kind of jokey about it? Yeah, could be, but I see there's a cast there of uh, maybe, a, maybe a cat or something like that too but so anyway so i've seen a number of things myself but uh i i after we got the rock thrown at us um we we were driving around and i and i and i thought well hey let's just go ahead and find a a, a video or a, a podcast from somebody in that's been to lbl land between the lakes and it was you and, and i believe it's your maybe even your dad in an older uh, audio and so i thought man we, we got to get this guy on the show <laughs> well i'm glad you you wrote me so there's a lot of creatures out there now one of them is um uh this um uh see how you put it in your in your website there um uh, where the braying beast what is that and where was it well actually ironically it was about 30 minutes or less from land between the lakes uh there's a couple out there i know i've been researching out there since i was actually very little and they do have bigfoot activity on their property they live way off the road off into the woods um pretty far away from other houses you know there's there's one down the hill and off in the woods but uh uh pretty decently away from other houses and for about 16 years they've lived there and most most of that time they've heard bigfoot sounds out there we've recorded whoops out there we've had things roar at us or well roar in the distance rather let me say that uh they've recorded screaming screeching roaring things but we i called it the brain beast of indian mound for the reason that whatever's up there imitates a donkey brain bigfoot's known to imitate a lot of animals but uh for whatever reason up here it imitates a donkey now on the main road years ago when i was little they did used to be a donkey like down the road a few houses down away from their property 
but that one's gone and now there's there's no donkeys in the area nobody mm-hmm. around owns one and you still hear that to this day uh, a few months ago as i was up there and recorded more braying sounds i've lost the recording unfortunately but years back we had a really great one man we were sitting around a a campfire and me and my dad we had built a geodesic dome up there in their woods and used it as a camping spot we're sitting up there and up close to our campsite something started doing that donkey braying and it got choked it sounded like it got choked on itself and it started kind of coughing and braying and coughing at the same time but you'll hear this coming from multiple directions uh from all around you know you hear tree knocks up there they they actually have a very unique tree knock up there you'll hear it almost rapid fire and you can take a two by four or whatever and hit it as fast as you can against a tree and it'll do it right back um you'll tree knock and you'll kind of hear him move closer uh we've you can hear the sounds of almost sounds like tropical birds there at night just a whole lot of weird sounds but Mm -hmm. it's interesting that they're doing that donkey noise and there are no donkeys in the area Mm -hmm. by the way uh elijah we have a poll uh that's connected with tonight's uh interview with you uh the poll question is what monster are you most worried about and their choices are uh mothman sasquatch nutcrackers dogman the braying beast werewolves shadow people or the x and and right now (laughs) the x is leading the monster (laughs) so that's pretty scary i mean that could be very scary next up is shadow people brain beast got about 15 percent, so 24 percent on on that all right so questions questions have been coming in let's go ahead and take a couple of those real quick and we'll go back to our uh conversation uh from doc says elijah have you seen shadow people i have not seen shadow people that i can say uh my dad actually did when he was a younger man this was in the early 90s he lived in a apartment that's actually about 10 probably not even 10 minutes away from me uh it was apartment number j10 of i don't know what the apartment complexes were called at that point but mm-hmm. he lived there for a year or more and he had a lot of supernatural stuff happening there he told me that uh in the middle of the night he woke up and there was a big shadowy shape at the end of his bed and it kind of had a conical shaped head and he thought that somebody had just broke into his apartment and was about to beat him up or whatever and he said well if i'm if i'm gonna die i'm gonna go out fighting so he dove out of bed at this thing and he ate the floor there's nothing there on another occasion he is laying in bed and this is around the time him and my mom just started dating so uh he went to bed and he felt something sit down in the bed with him excuse me and he felt something start rubbing his chest hair and he was thinking it was my mom april and he realized, wait a minute, April went home a few hours ago, so he jumped out of bed and started running for the light switch, said he was bumping into something all the way to the light switch, turned it on, nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else happened there? Hey, I'll, I, tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll give you one that just happened to me recently, Elijah. So so I'm laying in bed, and the wife is in another room, and um, all lights are out, and there's a big bathroom, double doors always open, and all of a sudden clanging and banging and stuff started happening in the bathroom and i'm thinking well i didn't see her come in i'm half asleep anyway but 
uh, I figured that she'd come in and was getting, she didn't want to turn the light on because she didn't want to wake me while I was, I was awake, you know, and I heard all this banging and stuff. And then, uh, went in there, turned the light on. She wasn't in there. And I said, Hey, did you, was you banging anything out here? Maybe it's echoing through the house. Yeah. No, your ears do not deceive you. You know, where a noise has come from. And I don't know how yeah. many times I've seen that very sort of thing where clanging and banging. And I was in a tent one time with a buddy one time in the middle of somewhere and all kinds of banging and clanging was happening. I thought I figured, okay, it's possums. They got up and uh, they're on the table and they're knocking off the cans and you know, I mean, all kinds of racket. Well, I didn't have no gun, so I, I was a little scared, honest. I was younger, much younger. So I said, wait until the noise came out. So we went out there to look. Nothing was moved. And that, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, a guy that was out west in um, uh, well-known uh, Bigfoot hunter. Um, him and some fellows built built a camp out in the up middle of some mountain. Some of the best video or audio they ever got. They built a thing out of wood. But they, he was describing that they had banging, clanging, smashing around in there, and they went out and nothing was moved. How, how can we explain that? Hmm. I, if it was me, I'd guess something of a supernatural nature, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe just trying to confuse or terrify somebody, something of a demonic nature. I think I would go into the, you know, I was young enough to be completely ter- terrified, and I think I probably would still be even if, if, if it was now. Uh, somebody, oh. uh, believe out of the live chat, says, do you have any pictures or videos of these things that are in the woods? Um, I actually do have a picture of a dog man, but it's my friend's private research, and I promised them that I wouldn't share it publicly i know that sounds like i'm hoaxing something saying yeah. i have it but i'm not going to share it okay well but, uh, well let me let me play this video i'm, I'm giving credit to the the author and and in fact his name is uh, uh i think it's a uh, josh josh highcliffe and on his youtube he said he wants to know what this thing is so i would put that in research and i'm giving him full credit his name's on the video so let me go ahead and play that and uh, ask what your opinion of this is you may have seen it i don't know he claims it was a skunk ape. Here we go. I see something. Oh, there we go. Certainly interesting looking. This thing is tearing something off the this tree and throwing it into this water. Oh wow! Now when that thing stood up, obviously he went running. I would go. I would go running too. Um, let me see if I can just stop stop play. Just where this thing stood up. This is not acting like a man in a suit. The, 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 all the movements of this creature are completely natural, as far as I can tell. That is awesome. So, yeah, at this point That's here, when it's thing... yeah, really tall. Yeah, and the associated sounds. I mean, it clearly was ripping things off. And you just mentioned earlier about the twisting of the branches. And I don't know how many times I've seen that. And I've seen tree, uh, tree trunks broken 15 feet in the air where it's not, you know, and 
and then I've also seen trees up in like crossways, like somebody put it up there. I know you've seen that too. I'm sure I have. Absolutely. So would would you think would you think it's a pretty authentic looking video? It, it, I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be ever, ever so arrogant to say that it is because I mean, and, how could uh, I possibly know? But I wouldn't ever yeah, accuse the man of saying his video is false. It's, yeah, no, he he says on, he says on the YouTube says, can somebody help him understand what this thing is? Uh, but these things are out there and interesting. The 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 statue you got there, the 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 the, the dog man thing you got there. I was just watching a video today of a woman in Florida, uh, seemed completely honest. She says, she says she saw a UFO hovering above a tree. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't think, I don't think UFOs in Florida or Bigfoot or any creature in Florida per se, but she said it was hovering over the trees. And then all of a sudden an alien appeared and, and she described the alien and she had an artist do a rendition of it, of what, how she described it. She said it wasn't a gray alien with big bubble eyes. She said it was a gnarly looking thing with a with a chin. It, when I saw the sketch, it looked like that thing that you've got sitting up there. <laughs> I did Which it. Way is it. That way. Yeah, that way. Right there. It, it has That face was really close to what she said. She said it, it climbed up this tree and it, she said it turned around and snarled at her and uh, she's, you know, Definitely said it wasn't human and it wasn't from this world. And there's a whole lot of things out there. Australian Ben says, Elijah, which monster is most scared of humans? Hmm. Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, that depends on if you got if you if you got salt, silver bullet. I mean that across that that can certainly cause some monsters to go running for the hills. And I guess it kind of de- depends on how far up the ladder you want to go because uh, cryptozoology is the study of undocumented animals, you know, uh, undiscovered animals and whatnot, you know. <laughs> Technically, things like the Tasmanian tiger, which is supposed to be extinct, which people sometimes describe seeing, you know, that'd be an animal, and I'm sure it would get very skittish. Uh, your main ones... I would honestly, that's really hard to say because I, I think I've heard stories before of somebody seeing a Bigfoot, it sees them and it runs off. You know, of mm-hmm. my family, uh, uh, back in the '60s or so, uh, one of I don't know if he would have been an uncle or a cousin to be honest with you, but he was riding his horse out and in, into an adjacent field of where their house was, and uh his horse actually jumped over a Bigfoot that was sleeping in the field, and it, it scared that Bigfoot. It scared the horse. It scared my family member. Uh, they were all scared. Uh, the Bigfoot took up, jumped up, and ran off. And uh, there's kind of multiple ways that story's told. Either my family member's knocked off the horse or is able to hold on. I'm not sure which one happened, but it it got scared and startled out of sleep and ran off. Uh, so I, I guess it kind of depends. I, I don't hear a lot of stories of dogmen getting scared by anything. They mm-hmm. either seem to chase somebody and attack them or mm-hmm. just do nothing. Um, um, so you're in East Tennessee? Well, that's where my family is originally from. I'm actually based out of Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay, where's uh, that at? Clarksville, Tennessee is close to Nashville. It's it's 
basically right around uh, the Fort Campbell Army Base. When when you were in East Tennessee, did you ever go to Brown Mountain in North Carolina? No, I never made it down there, unfortunately. Uh, I'd like to go down there and see the lights, though, if I ever got an opportunity. Okay. So we went camping at uh, a uh, campsite. And let me see what... Uh, see if I can bring that up here real quick. Um, uh, close. It was actually in Tennessee, but we use it as base camp. So we did end up going to uh, 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 Brown Mountain. And uh, let me go ahead and jump out of here real quick. While you're pulling that up, if you don't mind me mentioning, yeah. uh, somebody asked me earlier if I had pictures of the stuff, and I did mention that I do have a Dogman picture. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't put it publicly on videos, but if you ever catch me at a convention... I have a folder of pictures. I do show it to people. Mm-hmm. I ask people not to take photos of it because it was somebody else's private pre- research, but it does travel with me. So if you're okay. ever out and catch me around, you know, all right, it's usually with me. So, so let me <laughs> let, let me give a shout out to Jim and Christy Carpenter. They are the owners of Triple Creek Campground. So if anybody's in the Eastern Tennessee by the Newport area, be sure to camp there. And, and they didn't ask me for this plug. I just thought that campground was so great. We use it as base camp. We were all over north, uh, western uh, North Carolina. But we did go to Brown Mountain, and um, this oh, is it there. <clears throat> oh, that's beautiful. That's Brown Mountain. I'm zooming in on it. Now, it's daytime, so as far as the lights goes, I wasn't particularly thinking I was going to get anything. But, you know, you know, as a researcher, sometimes you take a picture and, and you don't see nothing. You come home and you scrutinize it. You may catch something. And so, Absolutely. so that's what, that was my hope here that I'll just go ahead and film it in the daytime anyway. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it is a beautiful place. Uh, next time we go down, we're going ahead and we're going to drive up here. This is actually the, the overlook for Brown mountain. And, um, but you can drive up to Brown mountain itself and get up in there and see those lights from the top, I believe. Um, and so you can't I, eat all those fall leaves. Well, that's what we like about the, the, the you're, you're part of the country, man. We're here in Indiana. It don't look anything like this. As a matter of fact, here's a, here's, here, here's a drive. We went. This is Tennessee I-40. And you're talking about, man, this is just, I know this is kind of upside the point, but hey, hey, Elijah, I'm figuring there's all kinds of creatures in these hills, these mountains over here, aren't they? Oh, I'm sure there are. Bigfoot, Dogman, uh, Grave Robber, well, if they're still around, that is, uh, they may have went extinct. I don't, I don't know. But... Grave Robber? Well, over in uh, Appalachian region of Tennessee, th- this is not a very well-known thing. I've just always found it to be interesting. You can actually find newspapers about this, too, if you, if you look. There, uh, There's kind of a tradition in the in the Appalachian Mountains of a critter they call Grave Robber. Uh wow. Back around before they started using metal caskets and whatnot, people would go into their graveyards, their family cemeteries and whatnot, and there'd be little holes burrowed in the grave that go all the way down, and something was going down there and literally eating the bodies. It'd drag bones out. Uh, wow. It'd drag flags like off the different different graves and make nests inside the coffins, and it was described as looking like kind of a mix between an anteater and a weasel, and... Yeah, it's just some sort of little little rodent up there that uh people would occasionally see. Mm-hmm. I I think I have newspapers from Virginia. I think I got some from Indiana actually, ironically. Wow. And uh my my dad even seen some of the holes. He didn't see the 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 critter, but he just say see what was he? 
he would have been my great, I think, great, great or great, great, great granddad. His grave would have a hole burrowed down into it. They'd come in, fill the hole back up. Mm-hmm. A few days later, the hole would be back there. So, well, actually, I assume it was up there for a while. I'm, I'm lucky to even doing this show tonight, Eliza. But I made a commitment to you because I didn't want to leave eastern eastern tennessee western north carolina that place is like heaven out there and uh i mean it's just absolutely stunning beautiful went right in the the height of the fall season all right hey we've got some more questions for you from australian ben sort of a tongue-in-cheek question so if bigfoot imitates donkeys does that mean bigfoots are democrats I, I wouldn't want to think of Bigfoot like that, but you know, it's, I guess, I guess you never know, my friend. Hey, that reminds me. That's <laughs> kind of another question. So we're deep in the hills, right? So we're we're going to unknown places. All of a sudden, man, we come to a bunch of houses and like like five in a row, and they all had Confederate flags. Is there are there some holdouts from the Civil War still out there, Elijah? There's there's I'm sure there's a lot of people down here that would have wi- that wished the the South would have won that mm-hmm. uh you do see a lot mm-hmm. of confederate flags up here and i'm sure there's a few uh i don't know where they'd be but i'm sure there's probably a few people sympathetic to the nazi uh wow belief system too nazis <laughs> wow okay um i don't lean that way but you know <laughs> well, yeah uh, okay i know what you're saying this is funny all right believe says do these things eat humans which one, Dogman, Bigfoot, or any any of these creatures, man? Anybody, any of them can, human cannibal looking things? Well, uh, in Land Between the Lakes, as I'm sure many people have heard, there's supposed to be a lot of fatal attacks up there uh, with a Dogman creature. Um, we've counted about 15 disappearances or deaths connected to the Beast of LBL, and I'm friends with a mm-hmm. former law enforcement gentleman he's wrote a book and i actually got it right here i didn't know if that would come mm-hmm. up tonight he's counted 19 i believe is it david is that david pilates no that's a gentleman named martin groves it, his book's on amazon for uh-huh. anybody that wants to check it out okay. uh beast between the rivers it's a beast of lbl attack story he he survived an encounter with it and when he seen it he said uh when the dog man creature approached his camp that it was holding a big old hunk of meat, meat-covered bone, something in its hand. Mm-hmm. I, I believe they probably do kill people and eat them. And, you know, um, probably the same with Bigfoot as well. I don't know if this would mean anything, but the Native Americans used to call Bigfoot cannibal of the woods. You know, they kind of look like men, so mm-hmm. maybe they drag people off and eat them. Mm-hmm. As, well, that's as interesting. People, that's interesting. I, it seems like I remember somebody doing research on uh, uh, on giants, and I guess back in the day, pre-flood, they were, I believe they said they were they were cannibals themselves, probably because well, the small I, smaller humans couldn't 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 feed them enough there. Um, but I you know I have a speculation about land between the lakes uh, as we were driving around investigating stuff, Elijah, and then this might be the reasons there's so much. S- uh, supernatural events going there because everywhere you go down there, there's a cemetery. I don't know how many cemeteries I saw in between. There's a lot of dead bodies. And Elijah, you got to know, 200. you got, you got that 200, 200. There's cemeteries. over 200 cemeteries in LBL. 
And you know the half of them people ain't dead. They're coming up out of the grave. You that's this is weird stuff going on down there, man. There's certainly some odd things going on, my friend. Uh, I've actually got here behind me. I bought a map from up at the uh, what do you what you call it? Their office, and just marked out a location on everything I'd heard from up there. Uh, let's see what was that road called? Uno momento, por favor. On uh. 6880, which is right in the middle of it, there's been a lot of ghost lights reported out there going down the highway. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then uh, I seen somebody talking on Facebook in like a history of LBL, explore LBL group that one of the cemeteries, they seen something white like pass through a gate or something like that. Mm. So th- there's definitely a fair share of supernatural stuff that goes on up there. Mm-hmm. You know, people go up there and they practice witchcraft, you know. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're messing with some sort of demonic agency, it's it's going to show that, itself. That's the thing we were going. Uh, we wanted to see Mount Mitchell, which I think is the the, the highest mountain east of the Mississippi. Uh, we didn't get to it, but we got near Asheville. And now Asheville is well known for witch activity. I think they're taking over down there. Mm. Probably a lot of stuff going to fire up there then. So, you know, hey, there, there are things you can see in the woods. I know one of them would be when you see rocks either stacked or if you see rocks in a circle. Uh, and it's interesting, th- these creatures, do they is, is it go, going back to what you said earlier, they're marking their territory or are they simply having fun? I would guess it'd probably be some have some deeper meaning to it. You know, they it may show... I mean, I guess you never know. It could be a property marker. It could mm-hmm. be use this path here. It could be I found food over here, you know, mm-hmm. people in the area. Mm-hmm. You never know. You know, they make take branches and make the teepees with them. They break off branches. It could mean go this direction, go that direction. Have you, ever, have you ever seen branches on the on a path in a in an X? Actually, up at Indian Mound, right right almost in their front yard like in the in the wood line in the distance mm-hmm. there's a big old x off in their woods wow all right um which monster terrifies other monsters now it don't seem to me all them monsters going to get along somebody's going to be messing things up want to take control so well i hear that bigfoot and dogmen they don't particularly get along well mm-hmm. uh Generally, in in your parks and whatnot, there'll be dogman activity in the north, Bigfoot activity in the south, and that seems to be how it stays. There's usually some sort of boundary between the two. I've heard stories of them fighting before, or one of them attacking and killing the other. Mm -hmm. I know a lady, I'm friends with her, and years ago, my dad and a gentleman named Nathan Davis, I mentioned him earlier, they had a show called uh, Chasing Night Shadows as a podcast. They interviewed a lady by the name of Connie, and she she doesn't live there anymore, but she had a farm with Bigfoot and Dogman activity. There was Dogman on one side, Bigfoot on the other, and they didn't go into either one's territory, so to speak. And she had encounters with both of them on her farm. Nothing, excuse me, attacking the other, but they specifically avoided each other. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I have uh, altered the way I hike. I'm always aware, and I'll, I never let the wife get out of my sight. There's just this 
there's this thing called point of separation and, is, and, and we've internalized that and that is never separate and one of those reasons is not only so many people are disappearing things happen to them but um uh, I think even David Politis had a story from someone who said that there were people in a line and I guess a child just literally dematerialized on the path. And uh, I, I think it was either behind him or front of him. I don't know how that worked out, but some speculate, and this gets into the supernatural as far as the Sasquatch beings and maybe other creatures as well, that maybe they're going in and out of portals. And sometimes they'll come out of a portal and grab somebody and pull them back in there and have lunch. So, uh, what's your what's your speculation on that? Well, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. If, I, I think you could have a lot of things going on. You know, one, you never know if the government's got some sort of strange technology and they're able to make people dematerialize and take them off to do no, no telling what. You know, there's a lot of odd things connected to the government. Uh, to get back into the supernatural territory like you were talking about. If you recall in the Bible when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, it said Satan came to him and took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the nations of the world, mm -hmm. took him, and he took him above the temple. Now either Satan was showing Jesus a vision, he was able to manipulate what he was seeing, or Satan literally had the power to teleport Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if he does... Who's to say that something of a demonic nature, which we cannot see with our with our natural eyes, mm -hmm. poof in, take somebody away? Mm. Interesting you say that. Uh, I was just reading, uh, I believe, in Matthew, and it's where Peter asked Jesus uh, to let him out of the boat and walk on water with him. Jesus is out there in the storm, and Peter's walking out there, and then he starts to sink because he started to not believe, you know, lack of faith mm. there. And... It says, it says, it said this, and I never noticed it before. It said, and immediately Jesus grabbed his hand and pulled him up. So it, it just dawned on me that he wasn't near the ship. He was calling Peter out and Peter was walking and Jesus was over here. But when Peter needed help, boom, he immediately transported right next to Peter and pulled him up out of the water. That's, that's how oh, I never read that before. That's a good point. That's he said, a very good point. Yeah, he said, and immediately he pulled him out. That tells me that he moved from where he was. He bilocated there. All right. Um, Australian Ben once again says, Elijah, what is the link between Bigfoot and UFOs? Do the Bigfoot creatures pilot these? Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I don't know how many Bigfoot people and UFO people have had, but they, it just seems to be a common occurrence. There's going to be sightings when there's UFO activity. Well, people are absolutely right. They, they do encounter those things a lot you know i met a gentleman at a convention and i think it's 2018 who oh i forget exactly what he said i think he's seen a ufo hovering above the trees and he heard like a big old call out of the woods something of that nature mm -hmm. so you know people do encounter those things together and this probably isn't going to be a popular opinion but it's what i believe it's okay. the henderson theory okay i uh I believe anything of an extraterrestrial nature that people see is something of a supernatural nature because, you know, if the Bible is true, like like it says it is, if God did make other worlds, which the Bible does mention that there are other worlds, if there is other life out there, we are infected with sin, so to speak. You know, we broke God's Ten Commandment laws, so 
I would think that God would treat that almost like a quarantine, almost like a virus. He wouldn't let sin make it to his other worlds and infect it, so to speak, you know. Okay. He would want to keep everything contained here. But, you know, we have everything demonic here. They've seen everything that God's created before. They know what they look like. It wouldn't be hard for them to appear in the form of something else and, you know, try to deceive somebody. You know, we... I believe a lot of your UFOs are probably government crafts, probably a lot of the sightings of UFOs in the sky. But when somebody sees something physical like a gray alien or a reptilian in the flesh, you know, um, anything like that, I believe it's probably something of a demonic nature transfiguring itself in the, in that shape. You know, the Bible says that Marvel not for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, mm-hmm. you know, that they can appear where they want to. The, the science of either projector or holograms are based on, on light. So I would think that he would be able to manipulate what he looked like. And I would think that that's probably why you see a lot of that stuff mixed together. You know, that I do believe there is some sort of a physical creature out there. I've got hair samples in a, in a photo frame over there that was genetically tested at a laboratory. And they came back as undocumented primate. You know, we find scat in the woods. We find uh, mm-hmm. down trees where they've torn them open and looked for, like, worms and and fallen down trees. We find tracks. So we certainly find a physical aspect of something there. But I don't specifically believe that when we have something of an alien sighting, I, I don't believe that it's true aliens, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And I don't know exactly to what end something supernatural would want to mix aliens and Bigfoot if that's what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't claim to know the mind of something, some ancient entity like that, but I I feel like that's probably what's going on. That's the Henderson theory. Mm -hmm. Well, you're you're bringing up another good point there, though, and I I want to kind of go down here. So this show's been on since 2003, 1,000-something interviews, who knows. Um, um, so I've had all, all, all kinds of opinions. Um, I've had one, one person on that actually saw an alien firsthand. It wasn't a story of one, but actually was there and an alien appeared and they went running. But, um, it'd be your opinion though. I've never heard it put that way. I like it. Why is it that people always go into camps? Like you probably have been disowned just for that opinion by people who are looking for the same thing you're looking for that I'm looking for. You know, is there a, is there a supernatural world or there supernatural creatures? What do we need to know? Why are they here? These kinds of things. And that's not taken away from our search for God and our, our walk with God. You know I mean? We we're multifaceted human beings. We have an interest. God put a, a natural curiosity. Uh, the Bible says it is up to the matter of Kings to search out a matter. And he made this, 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 this world has so many variations in it. So I don't see a half a problem looking for, you know, looking for these things. But why is it that we, we can't, if, if everyone got along, so to speak, in that search, would we have a bigger picture or is it always everybody battling for their little piece and they can't allow another, somebody else's opinion uh, to, to uh, reflect on that? Well, I know you've, you've seen it before that there is a lot of jealousy in the Bigfoot community. There's a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you, if you don't agree with somebody, then, They'll hate your guts for it. If you use the wrong term on something, they'll cuss you out. There's a, it's terrible to say, but I'm, it's the honest truth. 
the worst people I've ever met are in the Bigfoot community, but the best people I've ever met are in the Bigfoot community as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if there's not enough genuine interest in the search for truth rather than there is uh, clickish behavior and, like I said, drama. And, you know, there's a lot of people that may not agree with the way I look at things. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody can have their own opinion on the matter. That That's mm-hmm. cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even, even people, uh, God grants people freedom of choice, you know. People can believe whatever they want, you know. There's so nothing you, you, wrong with you, that. You, you remind me of something that happened a few years back. We were attending a what's called a Gen 6, that's Genesis 6 conference in Branson, put on by Steve Quayle, and they brought in experts, history experts, and 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 uh, technology experts, and then they brought in George Knapp. Do you know who he is? And, I think I've heard the name before. Yeah, he he's closely related to Skinwalker Ranch. He's he's a he's an investigative reporter with a television station, but he kind of rose to prominence because he started investigating these sort of subjects. Well, he was a speaker there. There's about three thousand people there, and there was a lot of tie-in of the supernatural and the biblical aspect of these creatures. And a lot of things happened at Skinwalker Ranch, which are unexplainable, including Bigfoot sightings. But he said this. He said, "Of all the groups that I have to speak with, this is the nicest group that I, of people that I've ever spoke with." He said because when he goes to a secular event where there just there's no spiritual, there's no Bible talk, there's nothing like that. He said. Those those people are, are are they just yell at you? He said I've been chased in the bathroom because somebody didn't like what I said. He said I've been chased in my car. He said they they just say that's not right and this is not right and and he said it was kind of refreshing. And I thought well now that was a good report for for a, a, a room giant room full of Christian people that are listening to this these kinds of subjects. And he had that to say. So most of the time. That that kind of comment isn't said, and so that, I kind of appreciate that. But let's get to another question for you. Is the dog man the mortal enemy of the werewolf, or are they closely related? Well, you, gotta, you go into an interesting uh, branch of conversation there. Uh, dog man and werewolf, I believe you probably have two things there, if there is such a thing as a werewolf. Uh, classical legend of the werewolf, you have a man that can transform into a either four-legged wolf-like beast, you know, like in the story of Peter Stube, he transformed into like a regular wolf, or you have stories where they literally transform into a bipedal type of creature. Now, uh, I'll start with Dogman. I, I do believe you have a physical creature as, th- as well there. A lot of your historians, if you go back in time, they would write that over in India, there was a race of dog-headed creatures called the Cynocephali. They wrote about in a very real manner. Marco Polo wrote about him, Herodotus, uh, the Greek physician Theseus, wow. and Alexander the Great wrote back to his teacher Aristotle, said, there's dog-headed men over here in India, and they even encountered them in battle, and excuse me, if I remember correctly, they even captured some and used them as uh, weaponry, so to speak, you know, I guess would release them out on other armies or whatever, but they were written about in a very real manner. So I, I do believe that there's a physical creature running around mm-hmm. in Land Between the Lakes. There was actually a story in Miss Linda Godfrey's book, Real Wolfmen, True Encounters in Modern America, about a gentleman that's going down the trace, 
the trace, for those who don't know, is the road that goes from top to bottom of Land Between the Lakes. Uh, goes all the way all the way through it. It's so big that it covers part of Tennessee and Kentucky. It's the largest inland in peninsula in America. But this gentleman was going down the trace one night, and he seen a dog man on two legs going across the road. And it lingered on the side of the road like it was waiting for something. And about three puppies literally came across the road and followed it back to, I guess, its mother. And for the for there to be puppies, that shows some sort of a biological reproductive creature there. Mm-hmm. So I do believe you have that. Now, on the subject of actual werewolves, uh, for a long time, you know, you've had stories of Native Americans that could shapeshift into other creatures, skinwalkers. Uh, even close to LBL, there's a legend about a medicine man that could shapeshift into, into a wolf. If that's true, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just interesting little tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. If you go back like into the days of Peter Stube, he said that the devil gave him a belt. He could put it on and he would transform into the into a wolf. I believe, I'm probably butchering this name too, Giles Garnier uh, <laughs> was a supposed werewolf. And I've been uh, reading a lot recently on things. Uh, that There's a gentleman by the name of Bill Schneblin. He mm-hmm. was into a uh, he was a former Satanist. Mm-hmm. Went into a lot of different branches of the occult. I, th- I think he was in Ordo Templii. Uh, he was in the Church of Satan, which they don't actually believe in Satan. But anyway, he they, mm-hmm. he was into a lot of different branches, mm-hmm. and he says you can actually go so far into a certain order that there literally is a branch where through the power of demonic agencies. You can transform into either a vampire or a werewolf, and he heard the vamp, uh, the werewolf route was very painful. He wanted to inflict pain, so he went with the vampire route, and he, he wrote about it in a very real manner, mm-hmm. going to a different person. It came from a book. He came to set the captives free. It was another woman who said she was into a, a very dark branch of the occult. She also mm-hmm. wrote about werewolves in a very real manner. Um, Elijah, some people say that the Bible talks about a werewolf when God put a curse on Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 4:33, it says, "The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers and his nails like bird claws." Some people speculate that's the first case of a werewolf right there. I have heard that before. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the honest answer there is his hair probably just grew out and his nails grew out, and he mm-hmm. just kind of the God God put a case of lunacy on Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong. I'm I'm not going to be well, so proud to say that it couldn't yeah, have happened that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk about curses. I know that uh, there's a legend that uh, a chief cornstalk at uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, put a curse on that town, and that's what caused the the bridge to collapse over there back in the 60s, I think. And as a matter of fact, I actually met, by coincidence, the, the bridge guy that works there. I mean, the, the head guy, I thought, what was that? But So we're in the Smoky Mountains now. There is a legend there that there are feral people walking around, and I didn't see any feral people when I was there, but I can tell you, I was on a trail... And I saw this uh, concrete structure kind of up on the side of a hill, so I wanted to know what that was. So I went climbing up that hill, 
and uh, next to it was a rock outcropping with those dark holes that you see like little miniature caves. Mm-hmm. And there was a gray wolf looking right at me. And I'm thinking, well, they're not supposed to be gray wolves in Smoky Mountain. But he, he was right there, scared the crap out of me because I, you know, when you're, you know, you go da 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 da, bam. And there's this gray wolf looking at you. I thought I was going to be, you know, maybe it was a wolf man. Maybe it was a werewolf. Maybe it was a dog man. I'm thinking it was a gray wolf. I don't know. It could have been any of those. But I went running down the hill, man. I don't know how I didn't fall down that hill. So so later, of course, and then this is the thing. People say, well, why didn't you get a picture? Why didn't you get a picture of that Bigfoot? Why didn't you get a picture of that spaceship? Well, when you've been there, you got a run or flight situation. You're not thinking about your phone. And it's, 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 a, it's a thing in your hand that could cause you to slip. If you don't have both of your hands when you're running down a hill, you've been running down hills in your life. I know you have. You live in the hills of Tennessee. You need both your hands, man. You don't want to be carrying a phone. You're going to trip trying to protect it. So, you know, I didn't think about it. So later, came back, and I went up there. I mean, I was I was scared. Okay, I admit it. I know I'm a cowboy. Shouldn't be scared. But I didn't know what was in that. I didn't know how many was in there, for one thing, or how big this thing was. So I took a picture, and all I got was just a kind of a, a little kind of a fady thing because he was kind of way back. He went kind of back in there. And so... But anyway, I can tell you there are creatures. But as far as feral people, could that be what people are mistaken sort of like a, a Bigfoot because they don't they don't have a tendency to shave? And they always the, what I heard the last report so the, the the two eyewitness reports said that they seen feral people and that they're extremely hairy waist down. And both of them said that both the eyewitnesses said that. So I'm wondering, could that be mistaken for they be mistaken for Bigfoot? I believe it absolutely could. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of your old newspapers will will talk about wild men of the woods. You know, it it easily could be some guy out of his mind up there. A lot of a lot of your encounters, because he's probably not going to wear clothes. Probably going to be really hairy. Uh, probably going to be stinky too. I imagine. Probably going to stink real bad. Uh, now, just speak, speak, well. speaking of naked stinky people, the the uh, uh, I think this guy's sixty years old in Iran. Who didn't take a bath in his entire life? He just recently died. I don't know if that counts for him. He's probably a Muslim, but uh, but anyway, never took a bath, and that that guy had to stink. I um, think I heard he took a bath right before he died, and then he died. Is that what killed him? Never know. <laughs> so, he, he's so, apparently smoke animal dung, which I I, I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah, he likes the animal dung. He didn't he didn't he, he didn't trust the preservatives. So the bear man asks this question. He says, Elijah, how many of these creatures are out there in general, a percentage or a number? How, how, how prevalent are these things? Well, I, I couldn't possibly have a specific number for you. Right, and of course but not. If, if you did have a breeding population, I mean, I'd say they're probably all over the country. Now, my dad had told me he he'd had a theory about dogmen, you know. In the case with Bigfoot, it, it seems more human-like in nature, more ape-like. So you know, if it has a baby, it's probably going to have one, maybe two, and it and if it's more like human or ape, it may take a couple of years for it to get big. Now, a dogman, if it operates in the same way a normal canine does, it may give birth to a litter of pups, and with a normal dog. In about a year, maybe two, you got a full-grown dog. Now, mm-hmm. if you go with a rate by that, I mean, they they could be populating and spreading around very quickly. 
which mm -hmm. there seems to have been an uptick in dogman activity rather than mm -hmm. Bigfoot activity, mm -hmm. which would sort of explain that. Mm -hmm. Same with the LBL. There was a litter of at least three on the road there. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, LBL, just for those who tuned in late, that's Land Between the Lakes, and uh, it's a great place to visit. Uh, and I just love the I just love the interior part of that because there are no stores anywhere for miles and miles. I don't like going camping somewhere where there's stores all the way up to where you're going. I want I just want land, you know, and that's a great place for that kind of thing. Um, so are you going to go back to Land Between the Lakes? Or are you going to continue your search over there? What's what's happening? Uh, well, uh, we're probably going to go there or Montgomery Bell on Halloween night and. Mm -hmm doing halloween special for people we did one last year and went around to a few places is that going to be live or recorded it's going to be pre-recorded unfortunately yeah, may not have a may not have a cell phone thing out there and i'm wondering if uh if these creatures uh as we sort of read the some part of them are supernatural but many people talk about how that their recording equipment batteries are drained a lot of times i have uh, heard that a few times so I'm think, I'm thinking they need to access that power to materialize or to do their antics or wh whatever they do, empower themselves to make themselves known. Hey, earlier in the first hour, okay. you talked about being this this idea of being followed by a creature that seems to follow you and stop. I, I was at a graveyard one time. Don't ask me what I was doing there. Middle of the night and the uh, moon was full. And I am telling you, Elijah, something, there's a gravel road going right to it. Something was running full speed down this gravel road right towards us, my group, and we couldn't see it, but we were all so scared. We all jumped. We were standing on the road. We thought this thing was going to hit us. It was going to clomp, clomp, clomp. You, you, can, you know, you've been, you've been around gravel roads. You know what it sounds like when you walk on gravel, but it was big. I mean, it was real big. It was like thump, 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 crush, 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 crush. And, it, and so we just jumped into the grass, thought that thing was going to hit us, but we didn't see it. So th then now we're talking about and you mentioned about having baby juvenile Sasquatches or our dog man indicating there is a physicality to it, a reproductive system, which requires an organic frame of some sort. But there's also this invisibility cloak that they seem to have. I mean, is that, does that sound like the answer for that? Well, I've heard, uh, definitely heard of the, in invisible aspect people talk about you know uh I, I think i've even heard before stories of native americans who would say that they they could appear and disappear um i i heard a theory once oh man what was it it, it was something to the effect of that they could use almost like a maybe like an infrasound and it would affect us and literally we couldn't see them because of the frequency at which they were doing that infrasound or mm -hmm. um, vibrating or something to that nature. They are still there, but it was affecting them. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe people just don't pay attention or there is the supernatural aspect. I, the reason I say don't pay attention, because I read a story a while back of a gentleman who wore literally a hot pink Bigfoot outfit into the woods and he was just right out in the woods where people could see him. People were walking past him. They didn't even know he was there. People didn't pay attention. To, he was right where they could see him, and they just didn't see him. They weren't looking. So they probably didn't believe there was anything like that, you know, so they didn't feel a need to look. They just absorbed in their own little world. 
I think your statue. I, I think your statue is coming to life, Elijah. He's moving. <laughs> yeah. This thing. This thing moving. is. This thing is yeah. moving, man. Hey, you know, I, I talked about that poll earlier, and I don't know if you remember me saying, but uh, Nutcrackers is on there. I have a Nutcracker phobia. Okay, because I, I I gotta tell you, the viewers know this. I got a feeling at nighttime, if you got one, they get up and start walking around, and they got those big old teeth. So I, I'm not a Nutcracker fan. But anyway, let's, let's check our poll results. See if we've changed anywhere. All right, it looks like uh, as far as the, the the monsters people worried about. Looks like the X is still number one at 28%. Shadow people at 23%. Werewolves now at 13%. Brain Beast at, at about 11 Dogman 11 um, My favorite Nutcracker is down at 6 Squatch at 4.35%. But it seems to me in those, uh, on that list, you're, you seem like you're more likely to, to engage with a Sasquatch, certainly a Rabbit X. I mean, that's, that's, that's a given there, but... It seems like that'd be that'd be more of a monster that you're more likely to incur, uh, wouldn't you think? Maybe so. You never know. People people report a lot of dogman encounters these days. Well, let me ask you this question, Elijah. With the dogman, you said on the on the uptick, um, there's a fellow named uh, he's passed on. His name's Russ Dizdar. He said toward the end, there's going to be this dark awakening of some demonic major force in the world. I'm looking around the country and really the world, but mainly in the United States and seeing some of the sickest crap ever imaginable is being let loose. People are turning into monsters, their self, um, and behaving in ways, you know, you, you mentioned you you notice your father's behavior and, and, and that's because you love him. You're, you're an eyewitness to how he is regular and how he's not. Well, we have a sort of a general recognition of, of other people walking around what regular behavior is and there's some irregular behavior to the max going on there. I'm just wondering, is the is the the rise of monster sightings coinciding with sort of an evil sort of takeover of people? Hmm. It's the same force. Know. It's the same the same thing that's letting these monsters start to increase to have it be more bolder and uh, bolder in their. Uh, appearances and manifestations is that same dark force now in people as well because it's too big of a force and so those with say weak minds weak spirits godless type people they're now letting these things this dark force inhabit them and animate them in such a way that they behave very bizarrely well you know uh if you look at the Bible from a legitimate point of view which I obviously believe that it's true from cover to cover says toward the last days of man's history, you know, it talks about how horrible people are supposed to get toward the, toward the last days, you know. People are supposed to be backbiters, you know, uh, lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God, just horrible people. And I, I think it's easily possible, you know, it says in the last days that, uh, what was it in Re- Revelation, that uh, uh, the principalities and powers uh will go out to deceive the whole world mm-hmm. and if possible the even even the very elect you know I, I think all these things coincide you know i i don't think we got a whole lot longer till christ wraps things up and mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of people who won't agree with that that's okay but uh do you do anything to protect yourself when you're in one of your investigations i just pray to jesus dear lord uh we're going out in the woods please keep us safe in the name of jesus christ you know, it, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ, and if there is something supernatural, 
you you can pray it away in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how the disciples used to exercise demons from people back in their day. Some some of them could only be cast out by prayer and fasting, but even even former Satanists that I've read, you know, they would even when they were right in the middle of dark occult practices, they would be working with somebody that was possessed and they knew that they could cast out in the name of Jesus, you know. They they're taught a lot differently about Jesus, but they knew that it would work to cast it out. So that's all I do, you know. I go, mm -hmm. Lord, please keep us safe. Hold the car together, you know. Mm -hmm. Keep gas in the car. Protect us from anything. Just go with us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so we're me and the wife's down in uh, Arkansas Ozarks, way deep on an ATV, and we go down this this trail that was spooky as hell. And we both got this feeling that there was a killer there, man. We we turned that thing around, man, and we're we were like full throttle racing out of there, and we didn't. I don't think we stopped. I don't know how we didn't hit a tree. But sometimes you get that feeling that something or someone is watching you. Um, and have you got that feeling before? I can't really say I necessarily understand that feeling of being watched. I, I've definitely gotten the creeps out in the woods before, and mm -hmm. it's like, I don't, I don't like being here. Let, let's go elsewhere. But even my dad was the same way. He'd always say, I don't think I've ever felt like I was being watched in the woods before, so... I can't swear that I felt that. Definitely felt mm -hmm. creeped out, nervous, like, oh, this is just a bad spot to be. You know, just something don't feel right here. All right. Well, we're getting near the end here. I, I got a question for you, though. I, I uh, pulled this from your uh, YouTube here. I believe it, you're you're saying it's a haunted cabin. I'm going to roll it, and, and maybe you can tell us what's going on here. What, what What's happening here? Uh, let me so get this. that was a ironically it was the nurse that worked with my dad when he was dying she contacted me that her brother's friends went camping at Lama Twin the Lakes this was around the Kentucky Tennessee state line close to there mm -hmm. so her brother had been invited to go on a camping trip to this cabin here he couldn't make it but his friends still went they brought a dog with them and they went there and they said that sometime during the night, something literally came through and kicked the door off the hinges and, you know, frightened them. Mm -hmm. They went outside, and th there was actually snow on the ground when this happened. There's no tracks in the snow of any kind. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went there, even the screws were broke off in the frame of the door. They they're broken half. There's pieces of the wood pulled out. This was a big, solid door, man. Mm -hmm. So something strong came through, knocked it, knocked it down. And they were hearing uh, little kids giggling, I think. Sounds of... Uh, wow, the the uh, lore of uh, Brown Mountain Lies, is a lot of them have developed over time. One of them, one of the stories was um, uh, about uh, a slave owner who set a slave free and uh, who lived in the area. And um, uh, he they had a particularly bad su summer. They didn't have any crops, so he went out to look for a bear and the, the owner was going to look for a bear and the slave who was free kind of hanging with him and they were waiting four days and he never came back. And so the slave, after about five days, he took a lantern and started going out around Brown Mountain looking for his old master to find the guy because he's a nice guy. And his name was Jim, by the way. And uh, they say to this day, uh, he's carrying a lantern around through the hills and hollers of a Brown Mountain looking looking for the guy that got lost and never came back. Interesting. 
I, I like stories like that, and that's really one of the reasons I uh, we tuned tuned into your your podcast. Man, nightmare nuggets of cryptid terror. Uh, tell us about that. What can people see when they go there? Well, the most recent one people see is the Brain Beast of Indian Mound, Tennessee. Um, it's I think about an hour long or a little over an hour long, so. Uh, you'll probably enjoy that when you come. Uh, my channel is Cryptid Studies Institute, and our documentaries are Cryptid Nightmare Nuggets of Cryptid Terror. There we go. There we go. Uh, quite a like- quite a bit for people to go through. We go mm-hmm. to Lamb Between the Lakes, uh, stories from East Tennessee over in my dad's hometown, and around Clarksville. You know, there's just an epicenter of interesting things. Uh, we've been doing a a series on the Bell Witch. I've got one more that I got to do there, but uh, two parts in. And, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting content for people to see. Hopefully in a few days I'll have a Halloween special out for y'all. So, Hey, is, the is, is, is there a train in Clarksville? There's a lot of trains in Clarksville. Have you ever took the uh, last train? Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had opportunity, I reckon. You know where I'm going with that one. All right. So, so yeah. So when you say institute, would you say that if somebody were to watch your videos that they would sort of – be educated on how to look and see evidence of these creatures that's out there? I'm sure we bring it up from time to time. Um, It really just depends on what the video is because, you know, some are past stories. Some are will feature eyewitness encounters in there or really just depends. We, We try to educate people as best we can. We bring the historical factor into it, scientific, um, eyewitness account tell the original stories of what happened we go on site so we try to educate people as best as we can mm-hmm. all right uh so we got the and we actually have a link to your youtube channel in your bio section and uh, and elijah i'll send you the links after we uh edit and upload the the show permanently you'll see it disappear on the website then it comes back after it's uploaded it takes a little bit longer on rumble i noticed than it did on youtube we still do it Anyway, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Uh, how'd, how'd you like the interview? How'd it work for you? Did it seem all right? Daniel, this was a great a great, uh, great interview. You're a great host, and it's it good to meet you, my friend. All right, it was good to meet you, too, and we'll have you back on the show sometime. Yeah, sounds great, man. All right. Thanks so much, Elijah. Hey, brother, you have a great night. You, too. Bye-bye. <laughs>